0: Hi friends! Thank you for joining us again for food for thought. This, my name is Sunil Chandy. I am the rector and priest here at Christ Episcopal Church, and this is a ministry out of uh, Christ Episcopal Church. Ministry engaged to help us uh, find insight and wisdom to help us deal with the challenge of challenges of life, and, and most particularly uh, the challenge that we all face as we come back out or come through this post uh, or this pandemic period in which we are kind of entering into a different stage of it. And so uh, all through the the pandemic, we've been having this program, a way to connect with not only our parishioners, but many different people from all over the world. And uh, and we've had some really wonderful guests uh, who have helped us uh, garner wisdom and, and insights so that we could deal with this particular challenge. Um, and today, we have a wonderful guest, and, and I'll I'll introduce her in a sec, as she is a, a wonderful friend and mentor of mine, and I'm just so delighted that uh, we're able to, to speak with her online. Um, but first, if you are here for the first time, we hope that you continue to watch us and connect with us. And if you uh, are here, you could connect with us now. We're live, of course, and you could tell us that you're here, tell us... Say hello. Uh, tell us what you like about this program. Uh, even even after the program is uh, is finished with its live broadcast, you can always comment on it and then be able to tell us what you think would be more helpful. And uh, or if you if you like the pro- programming format as well, uh, you know this is the you know we just entered into the se- wonderful season of Lent, and uh, this Lent in itself is 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 kind of uh, an interesting one for all of us. As we try to navigate back uh, this week, I've been thinking about uh, Holy Week and Holy Week and and uh, and even Easter afterwards. You know, of course, Holy Week is the, it's the last week of Lent. It's when it begins with Palm Sunday and ends with our Easter service and, uh, and we're going to have a lot of uh many different services at christ church and all of this uh, you know it's i'm reading my priest handbook uh the priest handbook by uh dennis mishno mishno and uh he has this wonderful uh paragraph about this holy week and he, and he says that uh, you know for holy week we're going to be suspended it seems like we're going to have all of these services and 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 when you have all of these services in your church it it, uh, it it seems like a marathon. It's almost never ending. And, uh, and you, we walk together as we worship together as a community through this unending week. And then finally it ends with Easter, glorious resurrection, with the glorious celebration of the glorious resurrection of our Lord. And so it's this joyful experience. Uh, and I'm just thinking about that. And I think, you know, we're we're due for some celebrations. We're due for some, some, some time of gathering together. And, and as we come out of this post or this uh, pandemic period, as, as we start to realize uh, that uh, the COVID-19 virus it has become more endemic in our communities, Uh, as we realize how to deal and adapt with this, we are also going to come out, come through this period, and and many of us are going to be shy about gathering together. And we've been traumatized a a bit, and and it's going to feel good to come together and celebrate as a community. You know, uh, the Lent period is a period in which we in in scripture in in our lectionary and through the scriptures we get this idea that uh you know that we are walking with the children of israel uh through a wilderness and we have been we have been life can be sometimes like a wilderness experience it's filled with so much uh, danger fraught with, uh, you know, worry and fear and anxiety. Are we making the right step? Are we going to, uh, you know, are we are we navigating uh, our situations well? We wonder about this, and it's in the midst of the fear and uh, frustration that we also turn and realize that God is walking amongst us helping us get through uh, this wilderness. And so uh, this this Holy Week, as I was sitting there uh, at the beginning of this week to think about Holy Week, I was thinking Holy Week kind of represents kind of like the Lenten journey as we move into Easter. Uh, we move into this, this under, we understand that we journey with the people of God, we journey with Jesus. And then And then we we go through some dark times, and yet in the midst of those dark times, we have faith that God will lead us. And then finally, there is that glorious resurrection where we realize God's presence fully alive and in our lives. And so, you know, we as a Christian church experience that almost every Sunday, right? Uh, But... Now, in this this time period, I think we're going to experience that in a new and different way. And so uh, my hope is that people will come to worship. People will come and join us uh, as comfortable as they are. I mean, as well, they're welcome in whatever way to join us. In our church, of course, in person, we're going to have all of these wonderful uh, services. But, of course, you get if you feel if you feel that. That's one uh, coming in person is a little bit too hard at this moment. You know, we have all been traumatized by this pandemic. You can join us online. We're going to engage, and we're going to feel and and understand the joy and the possibility of being in community as we walk through this. Today we have a wonderful guest, a wonderful guest who has been a joy, and uh, and uh, I've known her almost all of my ministry. When I was a, uh, a young priest coming into the Diocese of New Jersey, she was there. And, uh, and she has uh, been a wonderful mentor priest uh, 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 um, for many people, not only me, but for many, many people and a good friend. Um, I'm speaking of the Reverend Canon Elizabeth Geitz, who is the founder and chair of the Good Shepherd Sustainable Learning Foundation, she, this is a ministry that she is engaged in outside of the church, a nonprofit cross-cultural ministry that's built and supports Good Shepherd Academy in Cameroon, West Africa, a secondary high school that will serve 350 students when complete with, 10, with a room for 100 students today. The school combines academic, sustainable agriculture and technological studies in a state-of-the-art curriculum. She is, Elizabeth is presently an associate priest uh, at Bethesda by the sea in Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, During the interim period, she's uh, serving as a primary clergy contact uh, for evangelism and hospitality ministries, as well as pastoral uh, care. Following ordination in 1993, Elizabeth served in both parish and diocesan ministries at uh, St. Francis Donnell uh, in New Jersey and a canon for ministry development and deployment in the Diocese of New Jersey. That's where I met her. In addition, she has served as vice president of the Board of Trustees of, of General Theological Seminary, my old seminary. And as an adjunct, and she also serves as an adjunct of GTS faculty and a credo uh, spirituality uh, faculty member. Uh, Elizabeth is a prolific writer and editor. She authored she's authored seven books and many articles mostly on spirituality and Christian growth. She is a graduate of Vanderbilt University, the University of the, of South Carolina, and the General Theological Seminary, and she is a blessed she is blessed to be the mother of two grown children, Charlotte and Mike, and the grandmother of Lily and William. Uh, ben, please bring Elizabeth on board. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you?
1: Hello, so Sunil. I am delighted to be here. I can't tell you how good it is to connect with you again and to see how you are just flourishing in your present ministry. Nothing makes me happier than that.
0: Truly, oh, I, I, I am so pleased to hear that. I'm just pleased to to see you. I, I you know, uh, we connected a little bit before a, a couple of months ago, and uh, and I you know, I have such, so many fond memories of you and, and, and your nurture and your support in my early ministry and, and, and just your friendship. It's just amazing.
1: Well, it was truly my pleasure. And, and you're a stellar priest. You just are. You always were from the minute I met you. And um, it's really been my honor to work with you and uh, to see you growing and doing the things you're doing now. I love it. I just love it.
0: Yeah. We get you to come and visit uh, Christchurch in Westerly. It's one of the most beautiful parts of the country in Rhode Island. Oh, right. um,
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, I know you have been one of the most beautiful parts of the country, too, in, in, (laughs) in, uh, in, in Palm Beach. But this is also when the summer, this is amazing and great beaches. So we'll get you here. I hope to get you here.
1: Wonderful. Great. Well, one of the members of the board of directors of my organization, Good Shepherd Sustainable Learning Foundation, is a summer member of your congregation, David Ferrand. Oh, and okay. um, he just says wonderful things about that part of the world. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to come and visit. I really would.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We've, we'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. All
1: right. Sounds good.
0: But first, let's, I mean, I'd love to talk about many things, and you would. <laughs> it would be easy to spend two hours speaking with you. Uh, but I know that you're really interested in, uh, the, in the school that you are uh, supporting, the Good Shepherd Academy in Cameroon. Tell us about this.
1: Um, I met Sister Jane Monka, a Cameroonian Anglican nun, in around the year 2003. She came to Calvary Church in Summit, New Jersey and told us about an orphanage that she had just founded for children whose parents had died of AIDS. Uh, She ended up uh, building two orphanages for 150 children. So I sponsored one of them and I considered him to be my boy and my little boy, and now my little boy is 22 years old, he's grown up, but uh, he's still very special to me and So when I had a sabbatical, when I was working for the Diocese of New Jersey, I said, you know, I really want to meet Ambi. His name was Ambi. And I really want to meet Ambi. And I'd never been to a developing nation. And I probably talked to you, I remember talking to you and some other people terrified of what might happen to me, I didn't know. But I flew to Cameroon, uh, West Africa, with uh, two um, lay women from the Diocese of Newark. And we stayed in the orphanage. And, you know, it turned my life upside down. I had already worked in inner city Trenton for five years and that turned my life upside down, too. But being there in a country just riddled with abject poverty and seeing the value that those students place on an education. And the reason they do is is because of this primary school is mandatory through fifth grade. And then it's not, school's not mandatory. And there aren't enough schools and they have to pay really steep fees to go. So very few students actually get to even go to junior high school. So they just long for an education. They know that's their way out of their situation of poverty but they didn't have enough opportunity to do it. So Sister Jane <clears throat> said to me, Canon, we're gonna build a school. And I said, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Yes, we are. And I said, look, I'm getting ready to retire. Sister Jane, I deserve to rest. I'm tired. I, you know, no, canon, we're building a school. So, well, how am I going to do that? I don't know how to build a school, much less 5,000 miles away. Well, if you've ever gotten to an, an argument with a nun, you know you're not going to win. I did mm-hmm. not win that argument. And um, I ended up establishing a 501c3 in order to build the school uh, because you had to have a place to send the money to. You couldn't just, you know, send it over there. Um, and um, so established this foundation and truly, truly, by the grace of God, three years later, we opened the school.
0: My God. Unbelievable and, to me. And and the school is for... Uh what grades? Is it secondary high school or? It's
1: secondary high school. So it's grades six through 12.
0: Six through 12. Yeah. They're
1: on the English system. So they, they use form one, two, three, four, and then class one and two is juniors and seniors in high school. And it's on that system where they pass their O levels and A levels and that sort of thing. Uh, So
0: that's the British system. But and so so the primary school system is already they have school from one through five. And this is this is establishing for for the kids who want to continue their education. This school was established to help them.
1: Right. And then right. Is, there are enough the- schools.
0: Right. And
1: um, the only way it works is that there are a number of mission schools, but there were no Anglican schools. There were Catholic schools, Presbyterian, Baptist, and Sister Jane's like, well, we need an Anglican school. So um, uh, we're not officially Anglican, but we are certainly Episcopalian, and we use all of our material. But we are open, and this is very, very important in that region where the relationship between the Muslims and Christians really, really matters. I mean, it matters everywhere, but they're, they're right there side by side. And um, so we accept people of all faith traditions or no faith tradition. Everybody has a place in our school. Um, we teach Christian education, but if a Muslim student is there and doesn't wanna take it, they don't have to take it. Uh, we also teach world religion to acquaint them with the reality of different, uh, different religious beliefs and tolerance, that sort of thing. Um, but what I saw in Cameroon that I've never forgotten and never will, is that these children have so little. They, they don't even have their own clothes. I mean, they wear each other's clothes. They don't have their own toys. They just share everything in common. They have literally nothing. And they've got more joy than any American I've ever met or know. And I, I don't know if it's because there's nothing to get between them and their faith but their faith in God is so powerful and so instructive for me that it just lit me on fire to be with them. And it, it still does, it, I, it's just hard to explain.
0: No, I, I think it's beautiful. I mean, uh, you know, it just reminds me of, uh, you know, the, you know, when, and when Jesus gives us a, ser- a sermon on the Mount, you know, blessed are the poor. Yours is mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. It, this idea that the and then you know seeing somehow that uh, that your sustenance comes from God that you're and and then for us coming uh, who have lived in 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 uh, places where where there isn't as much want you know all of a sudden when we see that joy it's palpable it's it almost breaks us up uh, breaks us uh, open mm-hmm. as we mm-hmm. as we. Come almost humble with before it.
1: Very humble. They asked me to preach a sermon, and of course, they don't have women priests there, um, so well, I did not. Sure,
0: sermon. you change that. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I'm trying. I'm trying. I don't want to get a war, but anyway, uh, so I preached, and I said, you know, I what can I preach to you all? You know more about faith in God than anyone I know than I do. They they just they live it and breathe it every single. day day and our school gives them an opportunity to, um, have the same advantage that any other child has. I want to show you, I hope you can see. Yeah. These are our wow. students wow. and, and they're, they're just amazing. And our camp, our school is really a campus. I mean, it looks oh, almost yeah. like a college campus.
0: Yes. How many acres is that? It seems like, well, I'm,
1: I'm not exactly sure. Um, it's residential okay right. and 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 then this is the back this is um sister jane who died very unexpectedly last year i'll get to that in a minute yeah but this is a building called the calvary center that calvary church and summit new jersey built and that's their cafeteria i will well, we call it the refectory their meeting space their worship space it's everything um yeah. but what did you you just asked me something and i
0: well i mean so there are a couple of quick questions i'd love to you know, I, I, you know, my experience of Africa is we used to live in Tanzania, which is East mm. Africa, and uh, and and I was my sister was born in Dar Es Salaam, so I'm not sure yes. about uh, West Africa so much. How is how is the, the the government? Is it safe? Is it stable? How is how, yeah? And so they're living. So this ministry is having in a in a really chaotic space, isn't it?
1: Well, I'll tell you what happened. We completed the school. We opened it in September. We didn't complete it, but we completed phase one, phases one and part of phase two. And so we opened in um, September, 2016, and we had to close in December, 2016 because of a civil war that was starting. Yeah. Um, Cameroon has 10 provinces. Seven are Francophone, three are Anglophone. And the Anglophones are treated like second class citizens, just as a lot of countries will treat their minorities. Yeah. Um, so when I was there, we were getting ready to leave and there was a just a regular protest. And um, the teachers and lawyers were protesting the reality from their perspective that, that that the French government was trying to assimilate English culture. They didn't want that. Wow. and you know tear gas started going off and I said well I guess I better get out of here <laughs> um, and the, it was another year before that sort of thing resulted in uh, armed conflict which is still ongoing so we have I had a number of conversations with sister Jane where she was hiding under the bed and bullets are flying around I mean I can't even explain it but Now the schools are all operating again. We opened up, um, this is our second year of being open again. The teachers and the students have to live on campus. They can't, if they were to come and go, it's not safe. Yeah. And even when there's not conflict going on, it's not safe because particularly the girls will get kidnapped for human trafficking. Um, You know, there are things that, this is not a, She she boarding school. This is a residential school to save human life. Wow. And that's what it has to be. So uh they to say they appreciate it is just, you know, uh I'll have a board over there, communicate very I mean every week on WhatsApp, and we talk on WhatsApp. Um, and it's it's the biggest challenge of my life, but it's also the most rewarding. Yeah, biggest challenge, biggest well,
0: challenge. I've got to tell you, Elizabeth, we've got to get you here in Westerly to kind of connect with our congregation and maybe we could do something to support uh, this. Oh,
1: that would be so wonderful. Sister I- Jane, and this is another little bit of information. I, You know, you, I'd work really almost full time because I did this when I retired, which I told her I wasn't gonna do. I did it almost full time. And of course, our whole board is volunteer. It's called an AVB, all volunteer board. I've learned the official name for it. And um, anyway, Sister Jane um, died very unexpectedly on April 1st of last year from breast cancer. And, you know, I never thought about this, but in developing nations, they do not have preventive health care. There's no such thing as a mammogram. There's no such thing as a colonoscopy. Yeah. So if you get cancer in one of these developing nations, it's stage four and you're getting ready to die. Whereas if she'd been in America, she'd still be alive. Yeah. So we have started a, a memorial fund to continue her legacy, her vision, and her power. She, A lot of people call her the Mother Teresa of Cameroon. She just radiated um, joy and warmth and far reaching vision. Her brother is a medical doctor and he's now kind of heading this up for us over there.
0: Yeah. But
1: thanks be to God. And we're working very closely with him. Um, but I, for instance, when I send money over there to build a fish pond, which we just did, we got funds to do a fish pond, which I'm really excited about. I have to send a notarized letter to the bank. Because they have to make sure that the money coming in is not going for weapons or something, or to yeah. book up or something. I mean, it's not like doing ministry in the United States. It's it's quite different.
0: Yeah, I can imagine uh, the, all the hurdles that you've got. And I, I incidentally, I did meet uh, Sister Jane. Uh, I think it was at uh, either at a general convention. Uh, or uh, or a GTS uh, event, uh, General Theological Seminary.
1: Well, I brought her with me to General Theological Seminary, and she yes. also spoke in the Diocese of New Jersey a couple of times. Yes. In fact, yes. Um, this picture of her right there, she's at yes. the podium in the Diocese of New Jersey convention. That's what she's doing. That's right. So... Um, yeah, you I'm glad to know you met her oh, okay I was,
0: like, I was really impressed with her she'd seemed very uh, uh, not a very large woman uh, you know tall but she was very you could get uh, sense her faith and uh, which is really beautiful and 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 I know that um, you know I knew that she was she was something special because she has such a good friendship with you uh, and so um, yeah, I would, uh, you know, we'll hold this in our prayer and, and you know, maybe after the show, you. Maybe you could also sh- uh, give us your website and we'll put this along with sure. with, with our- Sure, it's with easy our- to
1: remember. And um, yeah, Sister Jane was truly a force of nature. She just literally could almost move mountains. I, I never, and, and she and I became-
0: Well, she reminds me of you. <laughs>
1: Well, that's a huge compliment. I'll take it. Thank you. I don't know if that's true, but she and I connected on this really deep level so that if, if I was having a really horrible day, she would call me on WhatsApp and she just knew it. And I would know when something was wrong with her. And, and, and she was my sister in every sense of the word all across all kinds of boundaries and cultural differences. And, sometimes we fought like sisters. We laughed about it. We would get into big arguments when she didn't want to do something I did on the school and we'd fight and she'd get mad. And, you know, <laughs> we, we were like, truly like, like we were sisters. I don't think we just were like sisters. We were sisters. I miss her terribly.
0: God bless her. We'll, we'll remember her in prayer, especially. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: So, so I, I, I you know what, uh, I, I'd love to talk about many other things. I mean, um, one of the things that you're you're really wonderful at is, is and I remember one particular book, and I still read it every now and then, fireweed evangelism.
1: <laughs> right. You
0: no, know, I mean, the whole welcoming of people, engaging them to find their connection with God and to, to neighbor, I thought it was just beautifully written. Are you still writing uh, right now? Or are you writing about evangelism? Are you writing about... you know, what's
1: interesting about all seven of my books almost are on different topics. It's whatever I feel the spirit is moving me to write about at the moment. My most recent book is called Spiritual Truth in the Age of Fake News. And Uh what I did with that book is I went it's it's each day has a different meditation and the chapters are uh, different meditation and, and begins with scripture. The chapters are feminine imagery for God that most people don't know about. Um, racism, sexism, heterosexism, anti-Semitism, xenophobia, and women leaders. Mm. And those are the chapters. And I go through, and I didn't really know how it was going to divide up, but I, I look at phrases of scripture that have been, what I say, weaponized, used against marginalized people, whether it's women, whether it's Blacks, whether it's anybody other than, you know. Um, and I've said, you know, this is what the Bible actually says. Um, and it's it's uh, been very well received. I got over 60 reviews on Amazon with it. So I'm pleased, very pleased with that. And I do write about Cameroon in there as well.
0: Cameroon as well. Okay. Wow. And, uh, and so then... Uh I'd love actually that would be what's the name spiritual truth in spiritual the spiritual
1: of- truth in the age of fake news. fake news. And my premise is, and I admit the title is provocative and you know intentionally provocative, but um, uh, I wasn't looking for clickbait, but eh, maybe I was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll confess, <laughs> eh, but but you know um, um, what I said is fake news is not new. That fake news began when people first started misinterpreting scripture to advance a particular agenda. Yeah. And so the fake news is that woman was created second and sinned first. Because over and over and over in scripture, there are things that refute that. But that's news that a lot of Christians believe, you know, and to keep women in a secondary status. So um, that kind of took that and looked at it in terms of the weaponization of scripture, which we don't even realize has happened. Yeah. You know, most people, they think, oh, this is what the Bible says. No, it isn't what the Bible says. Let's look at that again. <laughs>
0: well, that's right. And, and, and a lot of times the people don't even read the Bible. I really, they just put it on the shelf and then they, they take out these little snippets and they say that this, this is what it's all about, you know?
1: Well, and, you know, interestingly enough, the best-selling book of the year every single year is the Bible, believe it or not. It's not on the bestseller list, but it's always the best-selling, book. The best-selling translation is the King James Version. The King James Version is the worst translation. 800 manuscripts have been discovered since that Bible was translated. And yeah. that's why it's so inaccurate. People are, you know, you got to read the right translation so
0: yeah 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 well you know i i uh i am definitely we're going to try and figure out a way for you to come here and and stay i love it you know we we have like uh this and actually maybe it might be worth it if we could consider maybe you do a a retreat for us or something we're this uh this week uh at the well palm sunday the The two uh, uh, good uh, for uh, the Friday before Palm Sunday till Palm Sunday, uh, Frank Griswold will be doing a a spiritual retreat for us. Oh,
1: wonderful!
0: Yeah, this is this this area is really as uh, wonderful places to do retreats, and we could.
1: I don't think I need to be following the former presiding bishop Frank Griswold. <laughs>
0: well, I, I think no. <laughs> I'm going to
1: take a pass on that, Sunil.
0: <laughs> no, no, you. We've got to get you here. I think we. I think it'll be really lovely to have you here, and and more than anything else, I'm selfishly doing this because I, you know, I really love connecting with you, Elizabeth, and, and thank
1: you. And I'd love thank to. You.
0: Reintroduce you to Simi and my family, and and and. I'd just, love
1: to see your family again. I'm yeah. sure your children are all grown up.
0: Oh my God, they're all like so, so much bigger than,
1: you know, yeah. I don't, right. I don't know where the
0: time went. You know, <laughs> but, right. But right. this this has been such a great experience, uh, Elizabeth. Uh, you know, you've been pastoring at uh, at uh, Bethesda um, uh, by the sea during this pandemic period. What is a piece of wisdom that you might be able to pass on to us as we're watching and connecting as we move to this post-pandemic type of situation? What is a piece of wisdom?
1: Oh, man. Um, you know what? I, I would say where I've personally come out of this is kind of a carpe diem philosophy. Seize the day. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. And rather than being depressed about today, let's enjoy the day. Let's. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's what one of the Psalms says. And, and, and I think that if I haven't learned anything else in this pandemic, it's that. It's enjoy each moment because it is precious. And none of us know as we've seen. For this time this year, for the first time on Ash Wednesday, when I put my hand on people's heads and said, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return, I had this a feeling I've never had before, which is, I wonder how many of these people will be here next year.
0: Yeah.
1: Plus with what's going on in the Ukraine, as yeah. the bombs are falling, as we're doing the Ash Wednesday service, and as all of us in parish ministry have buried people, and um, it, it changes your perspective on life. And I think it can change our perspective for the better to, to thank God for every day that we have been given and make the most of it. Uh doing things for other people, doing things for yourself. A lot of us need to nurture ourselves and do things. And especially the clergy who might be watching this, we're not very good at that. So yes, <laughs> yes Neil, I mean you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, yeah, I would say seize the day, enjoy every minute. Well,
0: wow. I uh, I also find great joy in knowing that people like you exist and, oh. and people who who have faith, who are, who are engaging faithfully in the work of, of ministry. Uh, that gives me great joy, too. And, and oh, thank
1: God you. God bless you,
0: Elizabeth. And, well, uh, God
1: bless you, Sunil, and God bless your congregation. And um, I would love, I'd be honored to come up at some point in time when we can work it out.
0: Work it out. We'll work it out okay. All right, God bless you. Thank you for being God with us. God
1: bless you. Take care. Bye bye.
0: Uh, friends, that's Elizabeth Geitz, uh, a wonderful friend, a good mentor of mine, and, uh, and, uh, and a wonderful priest who is doing some great work uh, in the world. So, our time is now coming to an end, and uh, and so as is our tradition, let's uh Let's finish with our prayer. This is a prayer ri- adapted, written, uh, adapted from one written by Bishop Thomas Brown of Maine. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Jesus Christ, you traveled through towns and villages, curing every disease and illness at your command, the sick were made well. Come to our aid now in the midst of the global spread of the coronavirus. Heal those who are sick with the virus and they regain their strength and health through quality medical care. Heal us from our fear, which prevents nations from working together and neighbors from helping one another. Be present with those in authority who are making hard decisions. Support the medical professionals, emergency responders, counselors, and caregivers. We ask this all in your name, Jesus, amen. Join with me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. Lord, uh, uh, friends, go in peace to love and serve God. Spread the light of Christ to the world around you. Uh, Spread joy and peace like Elizabeth and and Sister Jane. Uh, The world needs that type of joy and light.
1: Thanks for watching. Did you know that you can join Christchurch from anywhere in the world? If you're feeling connected to what we're doing, email us today at communicate at
0: Christchurchwesterly.org.